0: How important are roots to increasing the organic matter on your farm? That's what we're digging into in this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve.
1: Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason.
0: Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. I got a great episode for you today with a a, like a star guest. I got Darren Hefty here, Baltic South Dakota, Ag PhD, Hefty Brothers Fame. And I got Lee Lubers, our own, one of our founding fathers of Extreme Ag. Here's the topic: Roots and their role in increasing organic matter. A. B. Can you even increase organic matter? B. I'm gonna tell you how this all started. I'm sitting there in a meeting a long time ago, at one of my speaking engagements and an alleged agronomist is up on stage and he said, it is impossible to increase organic matter composition in your soils during our lifetime. I called BS on it because it just didn't seem to jive with everything I was raised to believe, putting dairy farm manure on soils, FFA soil judging, and I've been wondering about this for a long time, and then I talk to these guys at Extreme Ag, and they say, oh, absolutely, that's wrong. We've put an extra percentage worth or so of organic matter in our soils, and we can tell you how, but then then I'm at the Ag PhD field day, one of the best field days you'll ever go to in Baltic, South Dakota. And Darren Hefty is hosting a panel. Lee Lubers is on that panel. And they were talking about organic matter and its role for moisture retention, for a lot of other things, porosity in your soil. And Darren said, yeah, but you know what? You won't grow the organic matter if you don't have the roots. And I thought, like, we got to cover this. So Darren, uh, take me there.
2: Well, oh, thanks, Stephen. Organic matter. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the, the chance to talk more about this. And it, it was a fun panel discussion. And, and of course, we had some great farmers there, including Lee. And when you look at building organic matter in soils, my brother and I, this has been one of our central goals of our farm our whole career. Uh, I know back when we took the farm over from our dad in the early 1990s, uh, Dad had said, well, here's here's what I've done to this point. What are your goals going forward? And and Brad and I both said, well, we want to build organic matter because wherever our organic matter levels are higher, we can hang on a lot longer in the drought. We get more consistent yields. And, and our crop just does better. to make more money there. So why would we not try to do that? And And Dad said, well, everybody's always said that it's going to take your whole lifetime to really move the needle even a little bit. Uh, I am really curious to see what you guys can do, and, and we started with no-till, we ended up getting into strip-till, worked a little better for our situation, and one of the things that we found was that the above-ground organic material, only a very small fraction of a percentage of that becomes organic matter in the soil, but with the root system, as that decays below the ground, a large percentage of that could potentially become organic matter in our soil. And so as we worked for ways to leave that root system intact by reducing tillage and and other things that we're doing on the farm, all of a sudden, magically, our organic matter numbers started rising and they started rising pretty quickly. And as you'll see across the entire state of South Dakota, as reduced tillage became popular, our organic matter percentages began to rise, our yields as a state began to rise, And of course, there's some shining stars in our state like Lee that will speak here as well uh, as to what that's done for his farm. But we've got a lot of our ground now that was down in the 2% organic matter, maybe, that we've got up in the 4s and even 5s right now. And it's really helped us with production. Lee,
0: first off there are still I'm sure skeptics and including this alleged agronomy expert who is a high yield guy, who is a guest speaker at this conference I was at that I referenced seven, seven, eight, nine years ago, who says it's impossible in our lifetime to increase organic matter. And I just thought it didn't seem reasonable. It just went against everything that I thought, you know, was about good agronomics, good conservation tillage, all those kinds of conservation practices. And here you and I, um, one of our first recordings we did two years ago, you talked about the switch to no-till, and you talked about it being a very pragmatic thing. You said, it's me and my brother trying to cover a lot of acres. We don't have a lot of hired hands. We live in the middle of nowhere. We can cover more acres if we don't have to cover them as many times. Yep. And then you said, there's the benefit of soil uh, uh, you know, erosion reduction, because you're not tilling it all the time. There's a benefit of uh, reduced uh, diesel usage, uh, less compaction. And then we start talking about this thing, about organic matter. And you went pretty deep and if you're listening to this you should go back and find that episode he talked about the earthworms and his gauge on soil health based on earthworms this has to be something that you've but noticed before it was a trendy uh, probably went about uh, darren
3: and, and brian were starting in
0: on this whole thing about increase of organic matter you were right there
3: uh we were learning it together and uh <clears throat> that's the one thing we we saw too when we learned how to increase increase our root mass. In our no-till program, our uh, organic matter rates started shooting up a lot faster. And it was uh, an incorporation of no-till, and it was also more balanced fertility, uh, doing the Neil Kinsey philosophy, which I learned actually from Brian and Darren and their seminars in the winter time, and then uh, proper use of biological products and PGRs, and as we in- increased our root mass exponentially organic levels just started doing this uh it's like we were defying the odds we were getting starting to get a lot faster increases on organic matter
0: Darren i'm going to ask you this one because it kind of flies in the face of what your brain wants to tell you. You know, there's some things that are counterintuitive. You know, golf is among them, which I just took up. But if you want to hit the ball up, you hit down on the ball and all that kind of stuff. It's counterintuitive to the average person, certainly to me and anybody that's in farming, that when you said the stuff on top of the soil is not the key to increasing organic matter, because I see this huge plant, you know, corn plants are 12, 13, 14 feet tall. And only we only take this much of it, right? Right. It seems to me that if you want to increase organic matter, you need more stuff on top of the ground and you're saying no. And that's where I think we really got to take this whole episode is the roots are the key. And it's, it doesn't seem like, wait a minute, but then it dawns on me, maybe it's because the roots are the key to taking that stuff on top of the ground and putting it where it needs to be.
2: Well, I'll I'll start with this and we do a lot of silage on our farm now and you're taking off pretty much sure. all the above-ground portion of the plant. And that's a big concern of mine. Okay, how do we maintain our organic matter if we're going to be taking off all the above-ground residue and really, like you say, putting uh, putting everything that we're saying here into practice? Well, there's a couple of things. We, we mentioned keeping the root system intact, but how big a deal is that? There was a 30-year study that we looked at that the University of Minnesota had done, I think out of uh, Morris, and they were looking at taking half the ground and doing corn silage, but leaving that root mass intact. And then the other half of the farm, they were gonna just raise corn, leave all the residue in the field, but they were gonna do tillage. And they saw the organic matter levels be about the same with corn silage versus leaving all the residue in the field and doing tillage. And that was really eye-opening of, wait a second, half the plant is gone, all the, the ear is gone, obviously, And yet this is still the result of that. And and so a couple of things that we've found out on our farm too over the last 30 years have been, if we leave that root system intact, that's a great thing for building organic matter. Uh, To Lee's point, growing a big root mass is important and that starts with crop selection. So if you pick a crop like corn that has a tremendous root mass, it's got five times the root mass of soybeans. If you want to build organic matter faster, raise corn. Wheat would be another crop that's got a fantastic root mass, and you can influence that, and you can get it to be even bigger. Those things are really important. Um, So choosing that right crop, reducing tillage, those are good things. Using manure or compost. We were talking before we got started on, on the show today just about, wow, I like using manure. We've got access to dairy manure in our farm right now. I love that. we're using manure out there rather than commercial fertilizer, not that commercial fertilizer is bad, but there's a lot more than N, P, and K in manure when you're putting it out in the field. Lee mentioned the biological side of this thing. Absolutely, if we get more microbes working in the soil for us, that can be a great thing too for soil health, soil porosity, and, and building organic matter over time. So, yeah, there's a lot of those pieces that come into play. It's not just one thing. I mean, you can do one thing and still screw this up. You can say, well, I'm going to go no-till and I'm not building my organic matter levels as fast as Lee and Terry are doing. Well, no, you're not because you're not doing all the other pieces too.
0: Lee, he just said something, that whole study from University of Minnesota a field that was shelled corn and left all the residue, a field that was silage corn, which we know if you are around silage, they take everything, but about the bottom six inches of the stalk of the corn. And he says that then if you tilled the, I want to make sure I got this right, Darren. If you tilled the shelled field,
2: Yep. And then, yep. then yep. It's all that plant residue, yep.
0: And, and you'd think, oh, that's great. You're tilling all that residue back into the soil, good for organic matter increases. You're saying, nope, because the field that then was no tilled, that had been silage harvested, took everything but the bottom six inches, it had the same OM. That was that's what I heard, right?
2: that's correct and and with that tillage you're also putting a lot of oxygen in the soil in a fast manner and that burns up that residue that much quicker that's what's really happening so
0: then it tells me that tillage and as much as we always thought man you know get that stuff turned over it's good because of the introduction of the oxygen we just oxygenated out the the value of what we put in is that kind of what i'm hearing yes all right.
2: Now, on the other side, Damien, some people will say, well, that can be a positive. I've got a lot of organic material in my field. Maybe I also have a lot of organic matter in my soil. If I can burn that up faster, it's going to release nutrients quickly. And I do hear guys that say, well, I got the plow out and man, I had a great crop that first year. And that's why, because you burned all that up, you put all the, that nutrition out at one time. But in the meantime, your organic matter levels in your soil and your long-term productivity could be going down.
0: Okay, so it's kind of, pay, you pay me now, pay me later. I just I just took the big benefit in year one. And if I'm playing the long game, obviously Lee and Terry are playing the long game. They they were out there no-tilling when it was not, when like people drove by and thought they were, you know. Before it was cool, yes. They didn't think they were renegades back then. They thought they were stupid. <laughs> Isn't that right, Lee? They didn't think you were a renegade. They didn't think you were revolutionary. They thought you were just an idiot. We don't mind being called
3: crazy. That's how we stay ahead of the curve.
0: All right. What about the the movement? Because I wondered, and I'm sitting at that tent when you're on the panel and and Darren's hosting it, when I'm hearing about the value of the roots, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, we always hear like a tree has as many, you know, branches underground as roots as it has branches above ground. I'm like, I get that. But is there an increase of OM because those roots actually keep it moving or, or is it more than just the mass that's at play league you go first in other words is it more than just the root mass that contributes to om is it something else that
3: helps it move or helps it break down is there something else there well with the larger root mass we have more soil porosity as the roots are breaking down and that's making it easier for our root worms earthworms to make channels and do more burrowing you're increasing your exudates for your uh, biology you're making that more active the one thing we've picked up on my brother and i when we're harvesting in the fall the higher our organic matter levels go up the more we're seeing in the fall our residues gone it's 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 just the ground's bare but yet our levels are up it's just cycling it and getting it into the system And we're just getting our soil biology working so much better. People talk about the risk of stratification, but as we're bringing up organic matter levels, biology, earthworms, everything else is coming along for the ride. We're not seeing it because our soils are just so active. There's so much more going on in our soil than there was five, 10 years ago. Uh, The best test for healthy soil is your nose. dig into the ground, Uh, we'll take on a piece of ground that'll smell sterile, just a stale smell. But once you get everything going, it's just this robust, just a total different smell. You can tell the soil is working.
0: By the way, I want to hear a little bit about the smell, but I also want to talk about the the root movement with Darren. Before I do that, I want to ask the question to you, dear viewer and listener. First off, are you watching us on Acres TV? I'm wearing the hat. If you're listening, that's cool. But you know what? You'd be missing seeing the really good looking mugs that I have on here right now, Darren Hefty and Lee Lubbers. If you watch it, watch Acres TV and also on the Extreme Ag channel, ExtremeAg.farm. So if you're a listener, we appreciate it. But you can also be watching this stuff. And that's valuable when we do actual visible and visual demonstrations also want to ask you dear listener if you want to save money on fertility without sacrificing yield of course you do because you know what crop inputs are going up and right now commodity prices kind of stagnated so what can you do you can harvest last season's nutrients for this season's crops using extract from loveland products extract go to LovelandProducts.com to learn more about taking last year's nutrients and use them for this year's crop um the root movement thing apparently i was thinking that was really the importance of it and you're saying now that's not really the key the root, the root mass is not the key. But then Lee just said the important thing about having more roots in the ground is it does help take the stuff that's on the ground and take it down there. So is that the key?
2: Well, you want to you want to have good soil health and you want to have all those living microbes working for you twenty four seven, and that's a great thing. Now you say, wait a second, Darren, you're in South Dakota and your ground's gonna freeze for six months out of the year. That's true but we want to have that, that microbial engine just churning for us. So maybe in the South, maybe if your ground isn't freezing like that, you can do things a little bit faster. It also does make it a little more of a challenge in my opinion, because you are warm. They are breaking things down all the time and it makes the importance of having a living crop out in your field every month that you can that much more important in the South. Now for, for us in the North, um, here's how we used to think about cover crops. We plant as soon as the frost is coming out of the ground, we harvest when the snowflakes are flying, we've had something living in the field all year long. And I don't think that's a bad strategy, but look at corn silage. We're gonna harvest corn silage this year, probably the end of August on our farm, first part of September. We've still got quite a ways there where we're gonna have warm enough temperatures for a crop to grow. So for us, part of this building organic matter machine is harvest the crop, but then immediately seed a cover crop back in. We're gonna seed oats in because it gets off to a quick start. If we get just one rain, we can get that up. We can get a significant amount of cover growing out there. And again, we've got more material for, for the microbes to break down. And I looked at our farm the last couple of years here. Now, granted, we've been in a drought here too, but two years ago, we had significant cover crop growth in the fall. And it was almost all gone by the 1st of May, which just blew my mind. Uh, My brother was really surprised by this too. He thought, oh no, we're gonna have all this plant material to deal with out there. We didn't, it it was virtually gone really early. So we got protection from wind erosion, rain erosion. We got another root mass established. We had living crop out there for, for our crop that much longer. Uh, it, it's been a great part of this equation, too, to help build organic matter and maintain it, even when we're chopping corn silage.
0: All right, so you're going to chop corn silage, let's say, September 1st, and, and then you're going to have pretty much a barren field, and you're going to no-till in uh, an oat cover crop. And and just, just one thing, right? Because there's the whole thing about two species are, are four times better than one species. As far as cover crops, you know, the regenerative guys will say, if you can do three species, you get, you know, it's, the, it's like seven times better than one species. You're just doing one.
2: We're just doing one for a couple of reasons. One, it's pretty inexpensive. Two, yep. it gets off to a great start. Yep. Three, it's for sure going to die when we get really cold. So it's not gonna die the first of November, but it is gonna live a little bit longer and then it's just gone. So we don't have to spend money on a herbicide to burn it down. And the other thing in South Dakota, what we always worry about is it might not rain very much next year and it certainly won't rain exactly when we want it to. We're all dry land on our farm. So we've seen the guys and we've done this too with cereal rye and some of these other crops that end up living through the winter uh, they're sucking moisture out of the ground early in the spring and seven out of 10 times, that's not a good thing for us on our farm. There's a few years that we might be waterlogged in the spring and then I'm not going to complain about that one bit, but most of the time we end up running a little short of moisture and just to make sure we don't, we're, we're picking a cover crop that dies off in the winter.
0: And what's interesting is uh, there's a probably a, a naysayer that might be listening to this. Let's saying, all right, Darren. Uh, that's cool. But let's face it, those oats germinated September first or whatever, a couple of days after September 1st. You, you know, you got some growth on them. They stopped doing anything by what November 1st, somewhere, somewhere around end of October because of the cold. And they're going to say, How much root growth did you really get? You know, what an inch and a half, two and a half inches. But I guess I'm still the optimist that says, Well, two and a half inches of roots. Is better than none. And like you said, it's cycling stuff. So even a, what, a couple inches, if you went and did a root, di- if you went and did a dig on those oats, but
2: it'd be more than that. It'd be more than that. We've had knee high oats uh, doing that. So I, I'm guessing we're going to have it this year. It looks like we're going to have plenty of heat. Uh, I don't think it's going to change that much that fast. If we just catch a little bit of moisture, we can have really good oats. It's just important for us when we blow the oats out on top of the ground, we just didn't get that kind of take. If we're drilling them in, so we're getting them down in the soil, that has made a big difference for us. And here's the other thing, Damien, we're gonna get manure from this dairy. Mm -hmm. And so people will ask us, well, when are you gonna do the manure? If you put a cover crop out there already, we're gonna inject the manure and we're gonna do it right into a standing oats crop. The oats will be relatively small. We've got them thick enough that we can run through with those knives, inject the dairy manure, and now we've got a growing crop there to grab onto those nutrients. So not that we normally have to worry a lot about leaching away because we don't get that much rain and we've got heavy soil, but now we don't have to worry about the nitrogen leaching away. We had a crop there that tied it up, and now that'll break down in the early spring and release that back to our crop. So a lot of good things going with that. So that point
0: that I said that you might only get a couple, two or three inches of root growth, absolutely not. You're saying there's probably six to eight inches of root growth on those oats, but there's the, going to be there's going to
2: be some pretty good root growth there. Yeah. And then if you're seeding uh, say a bushel and a half of oats out in the field, uh, I'm not, not that I'm ever going to harvest oats or anything like that, but I just want it to be thick enough that I'm going to have a, a, just a tremendous amount of roots growing underneath the soil. Lee, uh, you
0: don't do, you you do cover, you do no-till religiously. You absolutely have increased the organic
3: matter. You haven't
0: really done so with cover cropping.
3: Am I right? Uh, no, we haven't. Uh, in our system, we're doing soybeans and then we will no-till winter wheat right behind the combines. So we're taking it for grain the next year. And I've done uh, root digs in the spring when our winter wheat is breaking dormancy, where our wheat is three inches tall and taking my time and getting a foot to foot and a half down of just a huge root mass. So that's that's big for us. Then we take the wheat for grain. So that's gonna be in second half of July. Then instead of coming back with a cover crop, uh, our goal is now is we are tiling those acres, which that also is a benefit for organic matter because we're taking problem areas, we're making them viable again and making them thrive. That's bringing up all of our levels in the field. So instead of cover crop behind wheat, we focus on tile.
0: All right. So both of you, either one of you want to take this question. If we got told, um, you know, if we got told at some point it was, it's impossible to increase OM in our lifetimes and you guys are saying it's absolutely not true at all. We're we're demonstrating it demonstrably seeing measurable increases in 30 years for both of you. And you're saying, we think the roots are a big part of it. Are we going to look back and say tillage was the problem
2: period well, I'd, tillage tillage, I'd say I'd say tillage is number one if you're doing tillage just to do tillage because you're bored uh, my dad had called that recreational tillage. Uh, don't do that. Uh, I understand we aren't a no-till situation here. we're We're going to do some level of tillage out there at times especially if you think about running silage you're gonna have those traffic patterns where that ground just gets pounded and they don't really care if it's raining or whatever else they're cutting the silage they're getting it out of there and getting it over with
0: you're saying like 40 tons of corn silage in a cart uh tends to pack down the soil
2: (laughs) just a little bit just a little bit so there, there is a little bit of tillage on our farm and we're still focused on this and we're still making a difference so i would just tell everybody if if you say gosh i don't know why darren's saying this i'll just speak for myself I'd just say try it out on one field on your farm. Try doing some things different. Reduce tillage, plant crops that have lots of root mass. Do everything you can to increase the root mass. Try to do everything you can to improve soil health in that particular field. You'll notice a difference, and you'll notice it a lot sooner than a lifetime. You're going to notice it within a few years.
0: And Lee, you, you, you're, you're backing that. You're nodding your head. So it's, it's about reduced tillage. You don't have to be a zealot uh is what i'm hearing i mean there are people that i i've spoken at the no-till conference and i'm telling you there's people there that like i think they want to take a blowtorch to any piece of tillage equipment that they run across they're kind of a little bit zealot you're saying it's not about zealot about the tillage but for crying out loud you've got to reduce the tillage period
3: first number one
0: yes uh that's yeah fine.
3: i i think it's a real key and really i mean tailor a system for your geography i think that's very important because uh there's differences in our systems between Brian and Darren's farm and ourselves. And we're 170 miles apart. So it's creating a system that works for you and your farming practices. But I think everybody can increase their organic matter a lot more than what they think they can. Okay, so I think-
0: and, and Darren's big tips were, okay, reduce tillers. Number one, number two, find crops that have uh, a, a, a bigger root mass. Can that change by variety? Or is it just by, by crop, by species?
2: Mostly by species. Uh, obviously, some varieties naturally have a little bigger root system than others. And you can do things like using plant growth regulators, using some of the auxins, uh, especially earlier in the season when you're in the vegetative stages to try to promote root growth. Also, the way that you're fertilizing can improve root growth. Uh, for example, if you're broadcasting fertilizer across the field, that's the easiest way to apply it. But it's not necessarily the best way for the plant for availability. Uh, What I like with our strip-till system is we can put in an eight-inch wide band, we can put all the fertilizer that that plant is going to need, whether it's a corn plant or a soybean plant. uh, You can feed by putting the nutrients wherever that root system is going to grow. And when the root system hits an area of fertility, it's going to expand greatly. And if you can do that and maximize what that root growth is going to be in that zone. Uh, that's a good thing too, because for us, if we're doing strip-till, we'll just move over 30 or 15 inches, split right. those rails next year. Well, most of that root mass is going to remain untouched by our tillage.
0: Yeah. That, that, an interesting part about that is that you, you're saying just a few f- changes to some fertility and basically point, point of time and and point of location can yes. give you, what, 25 to 50% greater root mass, and then... Well, you're going
2: you're gonna to see much better uptake in the nutrients. That's going to result in less water usage. And to Lee's earlier point, if you can balance that fertility so you have everything that that crop needs, then crops become less of a water waster. Because what happens with crops is they're sucking in water, trying to get their food. Well, if they're short of something, just say it's potassium. Yep. They've got all the nitrogen and phosphorus they need, but they're still short of potassium. Well, that's a key building block, and the plant's going to keep sucking in water and sucking water, trying to find more potassium, and it's just inefficient. And we can put that fertility where we need it and balance that fertility to get all the nutrients that the crop needs. We're going to use less water. We're going to build more root mass right there. It's just good in really on all fronts.
0: And then Lee on the last few rapid fire questions you talked about almost it becomes like a snowball, like uh, what's the, you know, word exponential, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's the versus versus antagonistic. Once this starts going, it becomes very much synergistic. Like once you mm-hmm. increase organic matter roots, then make organic matter and it happens faster. So you
3: talked about in a short time, both of you mentioned a short time, how long did it take to get going? Uh, once we kind of got all the parts clicking in the system we saw more building of levels in five years than we had in the last 15 to 20 prior okay and then
0: i mean are we talking you added you went from one and a half to two percent Darren says to like four percent you've done that in 30 years
3: uh we are running on pieces that we've been farming uh the bulk of our career four and a half to five and a half Uh, Very consistently, and we just keep building and and the numbers keep ratcheting up. Uh, We've taken on multiple pieces that have been one, one and a half. And now we've got them up over four. And I know there are some people say, well, that's impossible. Well, it's not. It's very yeah.
0: possible guess you know, the, the lab, the lab test can tell you, Darren, um, climate, you know, you're up there where you said the soil froze, freezes for six months. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, well, probably a solid three to four, right? Uh, the person. That's in the South, I don't know
2: about that. It's OK. It's frozen for a long time.
0: It <laughs> could be six months. You just talked me into keeping my house in Arizona. Um, what about uh, in the South? I mean, there's probably somebody that's a skeptic that's down in Georgia or something saying that works for him. Wouldn't work up here. I, I mean, you hear that a lot in agriculture. That won't work where I farm. Is that true? Or does it matter about roots and organic matter can be increased anywhere?
2: Well, I, I believe it can be increased anywhere, but it, it is going to be a lot more of a challenge if, say, you were farming right on the equator and it's going to be hot every day and you have get um, light soils, sandy soils, those kinds of things. Those are more of a challenge. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Just because things are more of a challenge... Maybe you can't do what Lee and his brother have done. And maybe you can build it from half a percent organic matter up to one. Well, that would be a huge difference for your farm. Just that small little bit. Well, that's the thing. The
0: the, the person there that says, well, I went from a half percent to one percent. What's the big deal? That's a doubling. That's a doubling of organic matter, right?
2: Yeah. And each one percent of organic matter that we can build, it's going to help us hold four percent more water. Well, that's a huge deal in a light soil. If you say, well, gosh, I could only grow at 2%. Well, that's almost 10% more water you can hold. That's big. Plus, organic matter is going to mineralize each year naturally. And for each 1% of organic matter, even where we farm in the north, we're getting 20 to possibly even 30 pounds of nitrogen for free. That's a big deal out of 1% of organic matter. And it's something that's going to happen year after year after year.
0: Yeah, I think that we're going to leave it right there. But Lee, since you're the uh, one of the founders of Extreme
3: Mag, get me out. Uh, is, there, is there anything to add to that? If you don't change what you're doing, you'll never learn new ways to increase your bottom line. And I encourage everyone to just change your system a little bit. And like Darren said, going from a half to a one is doubling and increasing your water carrying capacity guess what when you're holding water carrying capacity better in the, even in light soils guess what's along for the ride? nutrients you're going to gain you're not going to gain organic matter you're going to gain yield
2: what hey, like. Damien! Can I add one more?
0: Throw one you, more. Hey, thing man! Out you're, you're you're my guest star. You're like uh, you're like my guest star. You can. I just think like this is, this is, hey, this is like when Sting played the, the Good Morning America show, and like they're
2: gonna cut to commercial, and like I'm Sting. You stay with me. You're Sting, buddy. Go. <laughs> well, I just think about this. So, so many of us that have grown up on farms and working with our parents. Uh, What a a blessing, but I know there's a lot of first-generation farmers out there too, so maybe your story is slightly different than this, but uh, I know this. When Brian and I were kids, we said, man, we aren't going to do it like dad. We're going to do things different, but as soon as we started farming, it's, well, here's how we've always done it. Here's how dad's always done it. Here's how dad's dad always did it. Oh, my goodness. If we say when we're young, hey, we got to make some changes here because We acknowledge this way isn't perfect. Don't get stuck in a rut to Lee's point. Don't get stuck in a rut that, well, this is just how we do it here. This is just how it has to be done in our geography. No, nobody's doing it perfect out there. Don't be afraid to make those changes.
0: That... Is where we're going to leave it. Except I do have to point this out. See, Darren's uh, the younger brother, and he and I know what this is like. Lee went ahead and said and gave him credit. And said, "Well, like Darren said, going from half to one percent still doubling. It was actually me that said that, not Darren. He is the guest star, and he does have all the brilliant <laughs> statements. But he talked about basically what Darren talked about was organic matter increases give you free fertility, and I think that's the big one. They give you free fertility. You talked about being able to reduce nitrogen applications because you now have a healthy organic matter rich soil, which and then you have water uh, retention capacity gets you through the tough times. So there's everything about it that it makes you money. And I think that's what we're talking about here on cutting the curve is we're helping you make money. You get free fertility, you get porosity, you get better, uh, you know, uh, movement of nutrients, et cetera, et cetera. So don't think for some reason that increasing it by a half percent isn't valuable. He just gave you, Darren just gave you the numbers. Lee just gave you the numbers and the reason for doing so. So anyway, thanks a lot for being here. Ah, Such good stuff. Anyway, uh, share this with somebody that can benefit from it. Uh, My big takeaways are um, organic matter can be increased in our lifetime. In fact, it can be increased in a few years. You heard about these guys. They had a rapid ascent on organic percentages in their soils in only a few years' time. It is worth doing. Oh, I'm too old. to Do it. No, you're not. It, It works. Roots are the key to making it happen. Reduction of tillage is one of the keys to make it happen. Cover crops. Oh, they'll never work here. You just heard from Darren. He lives in a place that has winter for six months, according to him, and they make cover crops work up there. So that's your big takeaways. I'm Damian Mason. He's Darren Hefty. He's a host of the Ag PhD radio show every day on Rural Radio. Also, they got their Ag PhD show on Acres TV, as do we. Extreme Ags cutting the curve. is right here on Acres TV. Lee Lubbers, Gregory, South Dakota. If he makes it work out there, trust me, they still like farmers. Snowmobiles out there, and he's making it work. So, you know what? This stuff will work where you are. Till next time, thanks for being here. It's Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve.
1: That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland products from seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products. Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.